Daf Zion Marcheshvan Tafshin Pei, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Idan Reichel opens things up here on this week's edition of the Israel Show. Kanzebait, Kanzelev, this is our home, this is our heart. I won't leave you. Avotenu Shorashim, our parents, our fathers, our forefathers, the establishers of the uh, of the country. Shorashim, they're the roots, deeply implanted in the ground. Va'anachnu haprachim, we are the flowers. Hamanginot, the melodies. Shevet achim v'achayot, a tribe of brothers and sisters. Big hit in Israel. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Zero Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here each and every Monday live, live, I tell you, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, which um, translates to 4 p.m. Israel Time. And wherever you are around the world, whatever time it is, that is the time we are on. How do you like them apples? And it's available on demand. Tell your friends. Won't go into all the details. You know it by now. Tell your friends who might be interested in this show. Tell your colleagues. Tell your cousins. Tell your fifth cousins twice removed. <laughs> that they can tune into the Israel show on demand. Whatever they want. Nachum Siegel Network app. NSN app. Available for free. You can download it into your device. Plus, available on AchimSiegel.com. So great to be back with you, as we are each week. We have a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, chaos in Israel, (laughs) I guess. The Prime Minister of Israel, for the first time ever in the history of the state, a sitting Prime Minister has been indicted for crimes, bribery, and things close to bribery, but not haven't reached that stage, so they're called uh, fraud and breach of public trust. It's the first time also, besides the fact that it's a sitting prime minister, it's also the first time that the indictment is um, about actions that took place while the person was Prime Minister which is another important fact. Ehud Olmert was found guilty, sat in prison, etc. Not comparing the two, there's a big difference, but let's just point this out. He was indicted already, he had resigned, so he wasn't a sitting Prime Minister, but the actions the crimes that he was indicted for and later in part found guilty for were not done during his tenure as prime minister. Again, corruption is corruption is corruption. But uh, this is definitely a milestone. But there's a lot of buts. And uh, we're going to try and cover that today here and explain to you some of the reasons that Prime Minister Netanyahu is fighting back as are members of his party and to explain to you why I join those in Israel who think that the Prime Minister should temporarily step down. 
until the trial is over. I know. Many people, many friends of mine were shocked to hear me say that. But we'll explain, we'll explain more as we go along. It's important to remember one thing. One, there's one, <clears throat> as much as corruption is horrific, as much as our prophets yelled and screamed about corruption in high places. In those days of Yeshayahu, for example, the corruption was the kings, the priests, the Kohanim, the king's palace and others. Sarayich sororim v'chavrei ganavim kulam I think it's Mlumdei Shochad Rodfei Shalmonim. I might have gotten that one word in the quote incorrect. I apologize. You're all a bunch of corrupt politicians that run after money and graft. That Ishayahu said well over 2,000 years ago. But we'd like to build a better society we'd like to know that we've learned something over the past <laughs> over 2000 years so first let's remember this israel is surrounded by countries not one of those countries that surround israel could this happen Because they're all dictatorships. From Egypt to Lebanon, which is totally a mess, to Syria, which is a mess, to Jordan, which is uh, a royal dictatorship, if you will, moving on to Iraq and Iran and, and all these countries that surround Israel. Turkey, for sure, has become a dictatorship now. All these countries the leader of the country could never be found guilty of bribery and on such a thin base, which we'll explain in a moment. So, yeah, we are at a higher level, and it's important that we be that way. According to the Israeli law, a sitting prime minister who is, con- who is indicted does not have to resign. It's very weird law. But it came about in a few different, uh, as a result of a few different cases and situations in Israel. So a sitting prime minister doesn't have to resign if he was indicted. However, a sitting minister, minister of defense, minister of the interior, whatever it is, any other minister in the government who has been indicted must resign. How we got to that, that's a long story. It has to do with various previous cases. The idea behind the law that of all people the prime minister can continue to serve under indictment is to avoid a situation where the quote-unquote deep state, or as they like to call it in Israel, the deep shtetl of 
the Justice Department cannot ultimately carry out a coup against the government. So the law, and it's a fundamental law, it's, it, which has um, which has a stronger, uh, um, it's on a higher level, so to speak, than the regular law that it's called the Chok Yisod. Chok Yisod So Netanyahu, so here, here's a couple of little minutia, or nuances, I should say. Prime Minister Netanyahu also serves as Minister of Other Things. So it would seem that he would have to resign those ministerial duties and appoint others to those to those spots. Now come some legal experts in Israel and say, hey, this is not the case that the law is talking about. The law that says the Prime Minister does not have to resign until final indictment. It's called Psak Din Chalut, like Le Chalutin. Meaning it's gone through the court procedure and if there's an appeal, it's gone through the appeal. So Netanyahu can continue to be Prime Minister, it would seem, according to the law. For years, this trial is going to take years. So how is it that we hear that there's a question about this? And the answer is because we are in an, another, uh, we're in an unusual case of an unusual case. The Prime Minister is now the head of a transition government. Meaning, if he would be a prime, regular Prime Minister the way he was a year ago, before the first elections. He's the Prime Minister, and he doesn't have to resign. But there were one, there was an election in last April, then there was another election in September. And after both elections, Prime Minister Netanyahu was not able to form a government, neither was anyone else, which is why it seems that we might be going for a third election, which will probably take place, if it does, it'll take place a week before Purim in March of 2020. So Netanyahu's position now as Prime Minister is not the result of the last election, it's the result of an election three elections ago, and now he continues only because he's there and there has been no decision. So there are those legal experts who claim that the law should not apply in this case because there's no, no pooch being, uh, being carried out here. Because ultimately, he has no real mandate anyway from the people. Netanyahu has no mandate from the people. So it is about that that they're now claiming that uh, Avichai Mendeblit, the he, he has several roles the way it works in Israel, but we'll call him the uh, the the judicial advisor to the to the government. But he's also the prosecutor and the attorney. Well, we call him the attorney general. He's also the attorney general. 
So he's looking into the possibility. In the meantime, what's going on in the Likud? On one hand, everyone is getting behind Netanyahu and saying, doesn't matter that he has indictments. It doesn't matter that he's been accused of bribery. We're going to back him till the end. Except for one lowly voice, that of Gidon Saar, who, it is known long ago, has his eye on the leadership of the Likud post-Netanyahu. He gave an interview this Saturday night in which he broke this solid unity of the Likud behind Benjamin Netanyahu and said there's no way that Benjamin Netanyahu is going to be able to ever put together a government. Let's face it, if we go to new elections the trend of the Likud falling lower and lower in, in, in the number of uh, Knesset members will continue. You don't see the people rallying behind him. Now, Netanyahu's thought is, I'm a victim. And he's gotten up and said that, and we'll explain later why he thinks so. I'm a victim. And as a victim, the people will side with me. So if we go to elections with the victimhood card, I'm going to win. But many people don't believe that that's true. Many people are just so fed up with the whole thing that's going on, they're going to say, to heck with you. We need stability. If you insist on running, we're going to vote for somebody else. It's very, very interesting. So, this Tuesday night, tomorrow night, the Likud is... Is, is organizing what they hope will be a massive rally supporting Prime Minister Netanyahu in Tel Aviv. See how many people come. And we'll see to what extent the public is behind the Prime Minister. As of now, it looks like the Prime Minister is uh, digging in, digging the trenches, attacking his accusers, and doesn't want to consider stepping down, even temporarily, some sort of a refusal from the prime ministership. Nivtsarut. I don't know if Nivtsarut is... Uh, I don't know if the best translation for Nivtsarut is recusal. If one of our listeners has a better idea, you can comment on the app. Or send me an email, mayor at com. Either way, you get the idea. We will um, break down and analyze what the issues are, why this indictment is questionable. We'll do all that after this musical break. Brand new music from Natan Goshen, written and uh, composed by Natan Goshen. He is joined in the singing by Yishai Rebo. They are an amazing duo. And uh, the song is called Nechakelecha, We Wait For You, and, and meaning God. Whatever issues we have, whatever broken hearts, Rachem Aleinu Abba Hoshi'enu. Father in heaven, that is, have mercy upon us and redeem us. A lot of uh, beautiful words, we won't go through all of them. 
but uh, we'll debut it. I believe it was released yesterday. That's how uh, on top of the stuff we are here, we always are, bringing you the latest and the best in Israeli music. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Natan Goshen and Yishai Rebo. Beautiful stuff. We wait for you, the one above, our Father in Heaven. 
My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks so much for making us a part of your week. So here is an analysis, if you will, breakdown of the um, indictments which were handed down this past Thursday. There were three indictments against Netanyahu. I would say that each one of them has a weakness, but I would also say that they are not imaginary. It's not made out of whole cloth. Also, we know that these indictments came about as a result of a vile, nefarious, some say criminal, method or methods of the police and the prosecutors in Israel. So what happened? Let's look at the uh, at the second thing first. The police got three of Netanyahu's closest, closest aides to turn state's witness using what amounts to extortion. In the most famous case, someone by the name of Nir Chefetz, who is extremely close to Netanyahu and his family as an advisor, was thrown into a jail cell, sat there, I think for a week. They specifically put insects, fleas, into the room and into the mattress that was in the room so that he should be the most uncomfortable possible. And then, at some point, while they were interrogating him and he pleaded with them to get him uh, 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 some something to put some salve or something to put on because he's been bitten up they just said well too bad this was part of their trying to get him to turn state witness now by the way the law says that the state witness has to give his testimony freely and out of his own will extorting somebody to give state's testimony is problematic But it, it got worse, and we only found this out by chance. The police used the tactic extortion. What, what are you going to say? They had Nir Chefetz sitting in the interrogation room where he was able to see Lehatchil means start at the beginning Tov Ma'od is a very good start Likro means to read so Lashir means to sing a melody 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 Now let's see if you can learn with me No Ivrit No no Ivrit, so you can be done. I'll try a simpler way. First lesson. Dor is years, 20 years. Re'e in Varim, the fourth one. Mila, his name we will know soon. Pharaoh, he was evil like Haman. Sowed the secret in his head. 
I don't know if it's illegal in Israel, but it doesn't matter. Unlike in the, you know, in the States, there's something called the fruit of the poisonous tree, meaning if you've gotten some information as a result of something that was done not properly, illegally, for example, you went into a place without a search warrant, you found some evidence, and you bring that evidence to court, being that the evidence, even if it proves, let's say, that uh, the person committed murder, but if you got the evidence illegally without a search warrant, then everything that came as a result of that, everything, the entire chain of evidence that came as a result, is thrown out of court as what they call fruit of the poisonous tree. Now, I'm not a lawyer. Let me make that clear. I do not have a law degree, but I have a law and order degree. And if you've watched enough episodes of Law and Order, you know the concept of the fruit of the poisonous tree. Israel does not have such a rule. So even if you want to say that it was maybe illegal, maybe they got the witness to talk by extortion, which isn't isn't allowed, it doesn't matter. What he said, the evidence that he, the testimony he gave, the evidence they now have, is still usable in court. So, it doesn't mean there's nothing there. It just means, even if there is, the indictment process stinks. It also means it's obvious that they targeted the prime minister. Even if they didn't know what they had, they were targeting him and looking and fishing for stuff to indict him on. Now, the bribery charge... Well, let's start with the other two. Two charges are fraud and um, and breach of public trust. In Israel, that's called Mirma and Hafarat Emunim. In Israel... That is one of those all-inclusive um, indictments that they can bring against you based on nothing, based on whatever they feel like. They, they, if they feel that you're eating a banana is called breach of trust and fraud, then, I mean, obviously that can't happen, but I'm just using that as a, as a ridiculous example. Meaning there's no rule, there's no details, there's no specificity in the law. What does that law entail? What does it mean? If you did what? It's a a catch-all. And in a catch-all, you can throw everything. And it's been done before. It's, It's one of those things that helps the prosecutors, the state's attorney, the Department of Justice to go after those they don't like. And they've done it. They have done it. Many cases. People like the President of Israel. People like the current Attorney General Mendelblit. Yaakov Livracha and others have been un- 
un, I would say unlawfully prosecuted with made-up charges in order to get them out of a certain political position which was not very friendly to the uh, Department of Justice. And the one, one bribery charge is precedent-setting, and they admit so. Because in a bribery charge, usually you give something and you get money or something that's worth money. You can get cash, you can get jewelry, you can get whatever, an investment. In this case, the allegation is that Netanyahu got positive press coverage in return for favors. That is the quid pro quo, if you will. That is a very dangerous allegation. We explained it previous weeks before, but just in a sentence. It opens up the media to a constant threat of prosecution. Every time a story is published, the, any prosecutor that wants to get out a newspaper will say, hey, did someone pay you off to write this positive column? We're going to have to investigate now. Or did somebody pay you off to write a negative column about his enemy? Uh, we're going to have to investigate. Every newspaper, every newspaper story can now be under investigation if you set this precedent that that's considered bribery. That is the end of the freedom of the press. And the Israeli Justice Ministry admits that it's precedent-setting, admits that it's never been done before, admits that there's nowhere around the democratic world that this type of indictment has ever been used, even though it was considered for this reason. I think Netanyahu is an amazing statesman on a global level. I would say he's a visionary. He guided Israel in his nine years the economy, the defense, to amazing peaks. I mean, Israel's become, as we've said many times, a high-tech superpower. And he's managed to use that to export the knowledge around the world and use that to create more and more allies for the state of Israel. I think almost everybody admits, even his enemies, that there's no one on the political scene in Israel who comes close to his abilities. And yet, and yet, running for elections while under indictment, basically throwing mud on a regular basis at law enforcement and the judiciary, even if they deserve the mud, but that being done by the prime minister, rather than having it done properly and having corrective steps taken using the victimization card as he would to say vote for me I'm a victim I think ultimately it's too high a price and it's not healthy for Israel to pay and that's why I think he should take somewhat of a break while the trial is going on and then after that we'd revisit it it stinks but that's the situation that we find ourselves in I would be much happier if it didn't reach this point. I do think that they looked to find something wrong 
with Netanyahu, and if they would do it to anybody, any public official, they'd be able to bring some vague indictment of fraud and uh, and uh, the the um, what's it called? Public trust. Um, breach of public trust and when they have you in their sights then they have you in their sights and they're going to go all the way and there's no one who can really stop them that has to be put to an end but it's very hard because anybody who tries to fight ends up finding themselves indicted Ayelet Shaked began and started doing a good job of changing this culture slowly but surely but now unfortunately she's lost much of her power and she is so hated by Netanyahu and Netanyahu's wife that they don't understand how ultimately they benefit from all her efforts which is a shame we're going to take a, another musical break Omer Adam just came out with this one Katafti Alayach Shir I wrote a song about you, Omer Adam. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shalti Mashiach Utaim, Asim Shirim, Shato Evet, Venichot Kmo Yeladi. Thank you. 
Great stuff, Omar Adam, our very knowledgeable listener, Moshe, points out that there's another thing that I forgot to mention, which is just silly of me, that um, there's a presumption of innocence as well in Israel, so that the Prime Minister is presumed innocent until proven guilty, and um, while an, an indictment is nothing more than a recommendation based on the um, prosecutor, the state prosecutor's allegation. And um, democracies makes the president or the prime minister subject to the law. Unlike a monarch, he writes, still it hinders running a country that every accuser can bring the leader to court and hamper running the show. He points out the idea that uh, they should be delayed until after they leave office and then be brought to, except for high crimes, uh, which is an impeachable offense. So, yes. But unfortunately, we can see it doesn't work that way. Because if they're after you, they'll find the high crime and make, make believe that They'll find something and make believe it's a high crime. Um, so, on another topic completely, there is what's called a minor tractate, and I don't know enough about it, but there are several masechtot that... Um, are not considered, I guess, part of the regular shas that we learn, or maybe it is, and I'm not familiar with it. There's something called Migilat Tanit or Masechet Tanit, not the Masechet Tanit that we know. And it lists there, amongst other things, month by month, days that are considered joyous days, happy days, Yom Tov days. There are three of them in the month of Mar Cheshvan, which, just as an aside, proves what we have been saying here for many, many years, and we've gone through all the details many times. You can go back to the archives if you wish, but uh, proves that Mar Cheshvan is the name of the month. Mar has nothing to do with bitter because there's no holidays. That's uh, that's a total one of those um, things that they teach you. Well, I call them lies they taught us in yeshiva. Uh, one of those things that they teach you that sound cute but are absolutely false. Um, Mar Cheshvan is the name of the month. And there are three happy days. One of them is the 25th of the month, which was, uh, when was it? Shabbat, right? Yeah. Shabbat Chaye Sarah in this case. It says, Shomron Shura. When the Jews returned from Bavel originally. Now you have to remember that when they were exiled to Bavel with the destruction of the first temple and so forth, 
the Babylonians brought others in their place to occupy the land of Shomron and the land of Judea, what we now call Eretz Israel. And when the Jews came back, these Kutim, amongst others, were there, and they were very hostile to the returning Jews. They didn't want them coming back. Hey, we've had it nice here for the last 70 years. Go away. We don't want to have anything to do with you. So when the Jews came back, started coming back from the Galut Bavel, the Kutim would not let them settle in a certain part of the Shomron, some area, the northern section uh, north of, of Yushalayim, and they had to capture the area by force. Baulisibsti, Sebastia, is the Roman name for the capital of the Shamron. Viyishfuha, they settled there. Vihikifuha Arechoma. And they surrounded the cities with protective walls. And other cities became part of this metropolis, if you will. They called them the cities of blessing, like from Bracha Nivrachta. So this happened, This, I guess the wall that they put around the cities and in in that way saying this is ours we have resettled parts of the land of Israel in the Shomron this became a Yom Tov it was a celebratory day I'll remind you in case you don't remember that the first place where Gushem Unim the quote-unquote settler movement, those Talmidim of Arab Sri Yehuda Cook, led in part by the late Hanan Parad Zatzal, the first place that they went in the Shomron was Sebastia. And there was a big showdown there. And ultimately, the government gave in, in, in partially to the demand that we be allowed yet again to settle Sebastia. It's amazing how history repeats itself. But interesting confluence of dates. Monday, the Monday of Parshat Chaye Sarah, a few days before Kafhei Cheshvan, United States Secretary of State Mike Pompeo revoked a 1978 State Department opinion which claimed that civilian settlements in Judea and Samaria are inconsistent with international law. Wow. On the same week, thousands of years ago, the Jews coming back from Bovel came to a place called Sebastia, settled there, built a wall around the city, and made it home. In the early 1970s, Jews who returned to the land of Israel after 2,000 years of Galut, 
came to a place called Sebastia and wanted to make it home. And this week, on the same week of Hafei Marcheshvan, the United States, the superpower, the leader of the free world, got up and said, these are not illegal settlers. Powerful stuff. We're going to close out with, what can we close out with? We're going to close out with, um, let's try this, Yom Yafeh by Hatikva Shesh. Before we do that, we say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it greatly. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novak Now with Jake Novak, who takes a look at Netanyahu's indictment. Interesting to hear another take. Um, and the key decision by the Trump administration on Israeli settlements. <laughs> Same topics, huh? Huh? And the video you simply must see of the Israeli strike on Iranian targets in Syria. So stay tuned for that. Jake has always got great stuff. And after him, the Great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamin the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. כולם עם הראש בטלפון, יש מעלינו קשת עוד רגע מהמם לעדשה המטושטשת לרשת, מהר לפני שמישהו יקים עם פילטר של ולנסיה לשקר קצת בצבעים היום המציאות זה רק עניין של זווית יפו מצטלמת כמו ריביירה צרפתית תמונה בגופיות להבליט יותר רגש החיים בתוך משקפי שמש איזה יום יפה יש לכולם
Pastida, 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 pastida